0: Today's guest is Kelly McGonigal, who is a health psychologist and lecturer at Stanford University and specializes in the mind-body connection. Not only is she a pioneer in the field of science help, but she's also a best-selling author of multiple books, especially, in this case, The Upside of Stress. So Kelly, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: I guess first question that I want to know is how have you personally handled stress over the last year?
1: One of the things that really struck me early on in the pandemic when, um, you know, so my experience was like many people, everything fell apart. Where I live, we were the first to go into shutdown. And so for months, I didn't see any human being other than the human I live with. I couldn't see any of my family or friends. My classes at Stanford were canceled or some were moved online. Um, It was really isolating. I felt very disconnected from my ability to serve or to connect with my community, my family. So, you know, I, I experienced kind of that ordinary level of isolation and hopelessness uh, that a lot of people were feeling. For me, I relied on the strengths of things like finding ways to connect, finding ways to give back. And listening to the stories of other people, you know, that is a coping strategy that I think we don't always talk about as being scientifically backed, but, um, I've always found that listening to the stories of other people is a huge resource for me, but it just puts things in perspective.
0: And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a leading question on the basis of, uh, you know, I know you've done some great research on, you know, social connection and dealing with stress. So can you tell us more about that?
1: Yes. Well, so, um, Let's start with defining stress, which we haven't done. You're right. So stress is what happens. What am
0: I doing? What an unprofessional interviewer. Let's start by defining stress. We all
1: think we know what stress is. We all think stress is all that stuff that happens to us that we don't want and then it turns from being the toxicity of life into the toxicity in us. That's how most people define stress. And so then you've got all this stuff happening, whether it's the chemicals in your bloodstream to changes in your brain function that are completely maladaptive and turn you into the worst version of yourself and destroy your health and kill your brain cells. That's how most people think about stress.
0: But Kelly, <laughs> how do you define stress? Yeah, I
1: know. Stress is what happens in your brain and body, as well as in communities, when something that you care about is at stake. So it's all the thoughts and the emotions. It's the changes in your body that tell you this is a moment that matters. Something you care about is at stake. And there is something that you can do about it. You know, it's it's sort of interesting if you don't have a stress response, you know, things like grief or depression, um, some responses to trauma actually look like the absence of a stress response, because there's such a a sense that there's nothing I can do in this moment. So actual classic stress is a readiness to respond to life in a moment that matters, to help you reach your goals, to protect or defend the people and the things that you care about, to learn and adapt and grow. So when you define stress in that way, and we think about what does that have to do with social connection? One of the things that I learned about from the science of stress that I have been able to apply in my life is that one of the ways our bodies and brains try to support us in moments of stress is that if we can recognize that the stress is bigger than us this is not a do-it-yourself challenge it's not something you can just you know fix it by working harder or finding the right solution or suppressing it this is a type of stress that requires support that other people are in the same situation as you or have been through this and can give you advice, that there are people who maybe who are struggling more than you and actually need you to show up. When you recognize that, your body and brain you know, releases hormones, changes what's happening in your brain to encourage you to reach out and connect with others. And so in many ways, connection actually is a stress response. If we are able to embrace that mindset that encourages us to view stress as not a do-it-yourself project. So that was something that I actually had to really work on, you know, as being somebody who grew up with this belief system. First of all, don't tell people about your problems because you don't want to be a burden. And also you don't want to look weak and do it all yourself, you know, be independent, just push through. That was understanding that my body and brain often things that we might experience as loneliness Or even things like like the desire to stress eat, to comfort eat. These are all related to the neurochemistry of actually what our, our brain is trying to get us to do is to connect with other people. And sometimes we misread those cues and turn towards other forms of coping that make us feel supported or comforted.
0: It makes a lot of sense when you say it. And I think one of the things that spoke to me a lot about the work that you do and you talk about is communicating very clearly that stress just isn't always harmful at all. Perhaps stress has somewhat of a bad reputation or a misunderstood reputation.
1: So first of all, a lot of the things that cause stress in our lives are meaningful and we would choose them over not having them. So, you know, for example, parenting is one of the the leading causes of stress, and it's also one of the best predictors that you'll say you experience a lot of love, or a lot of happiness, or a lot of laughter on any given day. So you could view some types of stress as being connected to things that are inherently meaningful that we choose and the reason we experience a lot of stress around them is because we care so much. So there's that aspect of stress, that is, the stress is not all bad. But there also are things that cause us stress that are inherently bad, that nobody would choose for themselves, and that you know, we would work diligently towards trying to eradicate from, from the human experience if we could. And that's where you have to start to look at, okay, could even those circumstances bring out something good in me? that I can harness in order to move forward rather than being completely run down by this experience I would not have chosen for myself. And that's where you can start to look at things like the biology of the stress response and recognize that sometimes stress does make us fight or flee. Sometimes stress makes us freeze. Sometimes stress helps us rise to the challenge. Sometimes stress puts us into a flow state. Sometimes it encourages us to connect with others. And stress always increases our ability to learn from experience. That actually is one of my favorite nerdy definitions of stress comes from developmental psychology. Where they looked at the biology of the stress response, all of the hormones that are released whenever you have any kind of stress response, and whether you are fighting or fleeing or rising to the challenge or tending and befriending, something that always happens is you are becoming more plastic. That is, you your brain is getting ready to learn from this experience in ways that will support you in the future we can also play a role in in what we choose to learn and how we grow. I mean, one of the the simplest mindset resets you can take is in a moment of stress to ask yourself, okay, if I can't control this situation, what am I going to choose to strengthen? Where am I going to put my attention? What value am I going to prioritize knowing that what I do is going to be, it's almost like accelerated learning. Anything you choose to do in moments of stress, you are strengthening that habit. You are strengthening that value. You're almost like choosing who you want to become. One of the ways that I apply that is as somebody who has a an innate instinctive tendency towards anxiety, that I've made it a habit of when I'm feeling really strong anxiety, even like verging on panic attacks, is I know this is the absolute best biochemical moment for me to practice courage over fear literally i'm on steroids in terms of the benefits of an exercise because part of what your brain releases under um stress is neurosteroids that help your brain learn from experience so it's like you can think of every moment of stress it's like hitting hitting the gym and what you choose to do in that moment of stress you're strengthening
0: What are the upsides of stress other than, obviously, um, free steroids for all?
1: So when we're talking about the upside of stress, we're going we're to look into our humanity, our human nature, and look at how stress is trying to help us engage with life as it is, very sort of pragmatically, whether it's a challenge that you want or a crisis you don't want, that your body and brain are trying to help you respond. And so one of the upsides is that stress catches your attention and it helps you focus on what matters most. And so, you know, you can leverage that by in moments of stress, actually asking yourself who and what do I care about? And if you're having a stress reaction to something that doesn't matter, like something silly someone said on social media or having to wait too long in a line, if you can't come up with a why you care, then that's a great time. You know, practice a breathing exercise, distract yourself with something else. Uh, Another upside of stress is that it gives us energy. Sometimes that energy feels really great, like if we it's something stressful we've chosen to do, and we feel like this is you know a moment we were made for. And sometimes that energy feels really chaotic and disruptive, but the truth is it's all the same energy. You know that adrenaline can help you, uh, even cortisol, a much maligned stress hormone. Its primary function during stress is to help you use energy, and then also it helps support with that learning process from stress. But so if you know that stress gives you energy, again, one thing you can do is say, okay, what do I want to put this energy toward? Maybe you don't want to put it toward worrying. Maybe you want to put it toward working out or you want to put it towards getting something done or you want to put it toward helping others, but you can always look for ways to harness that energy, uh, particularly if you're clear about who and what matters most to you. Then we also know that stress can help us... um, connect with others, as I mentioned. So in moments of stress, you know, you can harness that upside by asking yourself, where is support available to me? You know, we know that stress strengthens relationships. Even just think about someone you care about. And if you had an opportunity to help them and you knew that what you did mattered, that strengthens that relationship. So sometimes your willingness to let a family member or friend help you, a coworker help you, that is an upside of stress, which has nothing to do with whether or not the thing that caused the stress is good, but that stress can activate this great human capacity we have to grow closer through cooperation and mutual support. And then also there's the upside of stress I mentioned that we learn from stress and we grow from stress. Sometimes what we learn from stress actually is not that helpful, but even knowing that things like, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder is a classic example of learning from experience where your body and brain are trying to help you. And so many people who experience symptoms of PTSD feel like they have a broken brain, when what they actually have is a brain that has learned from experience and is working so hard to support you. It's not broken, it learned. And it still has that capacity to learn something new, whether through therapy or drug treatment or... You know, all the wonderful ways that people can try to move forward with support from others and support from medicine. You still have that capacity. Chronic pain is another example, too. This is something that I've been interested in throughout my career, that chronic pain is often a sort of an overlearned stress adaptation to being injured or being hurt. And, there, you know, there's also psychological versions of that. So a lot of times the things that we think of as being these horrible outcomes of something stressful, they really reflect our capacity for change and being changed by experience. And when you understand that, that it's not like you were irrevocably damaged by stress, that you still have the capacity to learn and change and grow, then you can start to put yourself in relationships or activities or roles or therapies that are going to continue to leverage your capacity to change now in positive ways. Or even take, you know, sometimes we change in positive ways from stress as well, but like post-traumatic growth. It can all be mixed in.
0: Love it. Um, as this is the Brain Care Podcast, it's remiss of me not to ask you what brain care means to you. How do you take care of your own brain in your own life?
1: Well, it probably will not surprise you to know my number one uh, form of brain care is exercise. The second thing that I think of as brain care has to do really with mental health. I mean, I know it affects the brain, but for me, being of use is like the number one thing for my mental well-being. And then finding ways also to be of use by doing things that bring me joy. And so, for example, things like teaching community dance classes, like when you can find that thing where you know that you are helping others And the actual act of doing it allows you to celebrate something you love or something you're good at. That is the best medicine for me personally.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Looking forward to the next episode. If you want more tips on how to handle stress as shared in today's episode, you can get our free downloadable one-pager guide featuring these tips and some more at yourheights.com forward slash stress. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. Did you know Heights started as a newsletter that I've written every week for years? I'm still doing it, and I'd love it to reach your inbox too. So, for weekly science-backed emails on the best ways to take care of your most important organ all in under three minutes, sign up at yourheights.com forward slash Sundays. See you next week.